Before we start today's podcast, the Truth About Aging wish to acknowledge that this episode has been recorded on the traditional lands of the Ghana people. We pay our deepest respects to Elders past, present and emerging. We acknowledge the Ghana people as the custodians of the Adelaide region and that their cultural and heritage beliefs are still as important to the living Ghana people today. everyone and welcome to the Truth About Aging podcast. I'm your host, Kate Helmore. Each week we'll be unpacking your questions about the aged care sector, discussing how to age well, grow old and make informed decisions. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Truth About Aging podcast. It is episode 39 and we are talking all things welfare checks. Now, I wanted to start by just explaining what I mean by a welfare check because it's probably something that's a little more informal for loved ones doing this in the community. However, it is something that often in my previous roles looking after clients in the community, I would incorporate into my visits with them as well. So essentially, I guess a welfare check, and it doesn't mean that this is the sole purpose of your visit, but really you're wanting to get a little bit of a feeling for and understand if your loved one or if you work in the field, if your client, how they're doing at home. You know, are they coping okay? Are things starting to get a bit on top of them? Are there certain chores or tasks around the house that are becoming a little too difficult that maybe they're not ready to ask for help with? Most commonly, it's for people that are probably quite proud and will be the last to admit that they are struggling or to ask for help with things. So I wanted to step you through today some skills that I learned along the way in my time in community care, but that also can be very easily implemented in a very unobtrusive and genuinely heartfelt way for your loved ones. And I really want to emphasize, if you are an older person listening to this, this certainly isn't some kind of interrogation or scoring out of 10 how well you're doing at home on your own. It really genuinely is for people just to gauge how you're doing and to maybe start some conversations about some help at home or speaking, if you already do have some services, speaking with your provider about maybe increasing them a little. The first thing I want to highlight at the top of this is that all of these things should be done as subtly and unobtrusively as possible. This isn't walking into your loved one's house with a clipboard going, right, show me your dishes, show me what you ate last night, when did you have your last shower, have you taken your medications? And as much as that might sound a little intense... (laughs) I have also seen that many times from well-meaning and loving families, but often it's their own stress or their own worry for their loved one that really starts to come across quite condescending and it can be very hard for the aging individual to take any of that on board because if people are accusing you of not coping and particularly if you are, you're worried about maybe being moved somewhere else or someone forcing you to accept more care, it can be something that you don't want to openly talk about. So 
if you are worried about your loved one, I really encourage you to take some time before going around there to reflect on that and really think about how you would feel in their situation and how you best want to have that conversation or approach that with them. Because being accusatory or pointing out things that they're not coping with can be really disheartening and can start that conversation off in a really poor place. So these are some of the tips for things that I would often do when visiting clients' homes. And as I said, they're probably best implemented very subtly whilst you're there. And it's certainly not the intention of your visit to go in and check all of these things, but they can be a a few good things to keep an eye on while you're there as well. So the first one is around food and groceries. And I guess what you're wanting to know is that they have fresh fruit and vegetables and groceries available, and also that things, I guess, in their fridge are being kept in date as well, because often one of the signs of some memory loss might be that they're not keeping on top of milk. And it might be that that's actually getting quite out of date before they are using it all. And it might be something that's causing further health issues like stomach upset and diarrhea and things like that. Now, one of the really subtle ways to be able to check this and what I would often do with my clients in the community is to offer to make them a cup of tea when you get there or a cold glass of water or a juice or whatever it is that you would have to go to the fridge to get something. (laughs) And often it just gives you an ability to get a little bit of a glimpse into, okay, what's in their fridge? Is it in date? Is there anything in particular that's alarming about how things are being stored there? And again, if there are things, if you open the fridge and it smells immediately, there's off food, there's things out of date. That doesn't mean that you immediately jump up and down and say to them, oh my goodness, how on earth do you have all these things in here? It becomes a piece of information. And again, I would always encourage you to pause and reflect on it before you have this discussion with someone because it is an incredibly sensitive discussion to have. But so this is one of the more subtle ways that you can get a bit of a feel for What's in their fridge? What's in their pantry? Is it in date? Are they still getting regular groceries? And are they able to look after themselves in that way? The second one is around personal hygiene. And this can be one that can, depending on the person, take a while to notice. Obviously, if for a very long time you're not looking after your personal hygiene, people will often have an odour. They will often be wearing visibly dirty or not very presentable clothing, but it can start very subtly. And this is where it can, again, be something worth keeping a bit of an eye on. And one of the ways to do that in an unobtrusive and subtle way is if you say need to go to the bathroom or need for a reason to go to the area that they shower is checking while you're in there. Is there water in the shower space or the bath? Are the towels damp? Have they been used that day? Are the bath mats potentially damp? Is there evidence within that bathroom space that it's been used recently? And a few things to highlight here. Not everyone is a daily showerer and not everyone showers in the morning. So you need some base knowledge of what your loved one's, I guess, showering or bathing routines are beforehand. It can be a bit of an indication as to whether they are showering regularly, 
they're looking after themselves. It alone is not one piece of information that needs to cause a whole lot of panic. But again, it's a piece in the puzzle that can help you keep a bit of an eye on and make sure that they are doing okay and that they are looking after themselves. Along that similar line and what I just touched on is around clean clothing or if they're not someone that's always worn clean clothing, you know, some of my clients love being out in the garden and doing painting and doing jobs and they're constantly in their kind of outdoor clothes or they might be someone who just doesn't typically have very neatly presented ironed clean clothing. I guess what you're looking for here is a change in how they present themselves. So if they are normally neatly presented, they have their hair beautifully done, their nails painted or their beard trimmed, and you start to notice some changes with that, that might be another indication that some of those things are getting a little bit harder for them or aren't something that they're able to maintain as easily as previously. Now, the next one can be a little bit tricky to keep an eye on depending on how they're stored, but it's around medications. So some people will have their medications stored in what's called a Webster pack. Um, They're the little kind of blister packs where you pop your medications out. It'll have each day of the week, morning, midday, evening, and you can pop your medications out of those. They're really easy to get a quick snapshot of if people are up to date on their medications. It can be a lot harder if people are taking medications out of pill boxes or out of their original containers because it really makes it challenging to keep any kind of oversight as to whether they're being taken regularly or not. I am going to do a whole episode on medication prompts and ways to help medication, but if this is something that you are potentially worried about, one of the things that might be helpful to start with is even if they don't want to have the Webster packs packed by the chemist... Just the little weekly dose sets that have your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and they can even split them again into your morning, afternoon, evening. They can be a really handy way of checking, you know, have they decanted their medications for the week? Are they up to the right day? Or have they potentially missed some days in there? Again, it is a piece of the puzzle. It is not a be-all and end-all, but it is something worth keeping a bit of an eye on just because Medications can have, for some people, depending on what they're for, quite a flow-on impact into their physical, mental, emotional well-being. There's so many flow-on effects of not taking your prescribed medications that it's definitely worth having a little look at that area and seeing if there's any kind of concerns around that. And lastly, one that is often, I guess, a bit more visual and it can be easier to keep an eye on, but again, you can kind of subtly implement into your visit while you're there too, is around home tidiness. And this might be something that you notice immediately as you walk in the door and you can see that suddenly the mail's piling up or there's plenty of dishes in the sink or the bin's overflowing. There can be some really easily identifiable factors in that, but there can be sometimes a little bit more subtle. And I guess one of the ones you'd be looking for more so is where things aren't being done. So it might even be that there's never anything in the bin when you go around, which again, doesn't mean 100% there's something wrong, but have they recently emptied the bin? Is there still things in their big recycling or garbage bin? Or is it maybe that they haven't been eating as much or they haven't been looking after themselves so there aren't any items that have been put into the bin? These are little subtle things that 
(laughs) I feel like a broken record, but they are all little pieces that you can put together to kind of ascertain how well they're coping at home. I wouldn't go to my grandma's and see that her bin's empty and suddenly freak out that she's not coping at home. But if there were a number of these things that I started to notice over time and maybe over a couple of visits, it would definitely be something that I would reflect on and probably discuss with my family and then eventually discuss with my grandma as well. And as I said at the start, probably the most important thing is being aware of your initial reaction to this, taking some time to reflect on it before you have that discussion with your loved one. In virtually every case that I've seen, it comes from a place of love and genuine concern. But if it feels accusatory, if it feels like you're telling them all the things they're not doing and that you're walking around the house pointing out things that aren't right, it's very quickly going to detract from your relationship with them and their ability to trust and share things with you. Because ultimately, the best way this goes is that you notice some of these things, you're able to reflect on it. You step away, think about how to have the conversation, and the next time you go around, sit down and have a really genuine conversation about, Mum, how are you doing at the moment? You know, I noticed the other day when I was here that it it didn't seem like you had much fresh fruit in the fridge, and I know you always have your nails done and you're normally wearing lipstick, but that's changed a little lately, and I was just wondering how you're doing and if you're going okay. It can be a really gentle... (laughs) bonding, open, sharing conversation. It doesn't mean they're always going to respond well. They might also take some time to reflect on that too. So don't expect them to welcome your suggestions with open arms and be ready to accept help all throughout the house. (laughs) But just be aware in how you deliver that conversation and give them space to reflect on that as well. Ideally, we want to use these conversations to slowly, if required, increase some of those supports at home. And one of the ways that I do that with my clients and with my own family or friends is reminding them that if their goal is to stay at home for as long as possible, which for so many people it is, the best way for them to be able to do that is to have little bits of incremental help along the way. And that might be just starting off with a cleaner once a fortnight to help change the bed, put the linen out and take the bins out. It might be just having a gardener come in and help with some of the veggies and getting the weeds under control. There might be little things that you can start to introduce that ultimately promote them staying at home, which if that is their goal, can be a really productive way to start to add some services and supports around that outside of the support that potentially you are already providing them as well. Alrighty, so they are my main tips for conducting a bit of a welfare check for your loved one and some of the things to subtly look out for. So we're looking in the fridge about how their food, groceries, how all of that's being stored, is it up to date, is there food available there for them? We're looking at shower spaces or wet areas to see if they have been using them recently. We're checking if clothing is up to the normal standard and presentation is the way that it would regularly be for them. If possible, potentially having a look at medications and seeing if they've been taken. And we're checking if the dishes have been done, the mail's been looked after, the bin's been emptied or not been emptied, just generally around that home tidiness and cleanliness as well. So they are some of my tips. Again, I really encourage you to use them gently. 
to take time to reflect on things if you are confronted by what you see and to have those conversations from a place of genuine care and in a really balanced, unaccusatory, gentle way with your loved one. And I really hope that if that is something you're doing, you get the outcome that you're hopeful with that too. Thank you so much for listening as always. You can find us on Instagram at The Truth About Aging, on Facebook at The Truth About Aging Podcast, and at our relatively new website, www.thetruthaboutaging.com.au. I hope you all have a beautiful rest of your day, week, whatever it is when you're listening to this, and I will be in your ears again next week. Bye.